Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. Thoughts and comments expressed here are the opinions of Chad and Lou, and not necessarily those of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studios. Caution, this show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome back to Musically Challenged. This is our part two of our cover series. This is for bad cover songs. Now, in the last episode, we kind of talked about what makes a good cover. Right. So, Lou, in your opinion, what makes a bad cover? A bad cover, I guess to me, is something that is done for a couple different reasons. I mean, granted, people do things for money and for the sake of notoriety and things, which is... It is what it is. But a bad cover to me is something that is done just for the sake of doing it because they either can't think of their own material or it's just because of wanting to do something different. Changing it up can be good depending on how much and how well you do it. Now, when I think of a bad cover, my thought is more along the line of, is it worse than the original? Would I rather sit down and listen to the cover or would I rather sit down and listen to the original? Right. So that's kind of the way I'm going at this. I'm thinking that we might disagree on some of these here, just simply based off of the way we both look at them. Right. All right. Let's get started. Let's get this half hour of bad music. Or not necessarily bad music, but worse than original song music. And some of these will be bad. Yeah, some of them them are very bad. They're they're freaking horrible. All right. So I'm going to kick this one off because I kind of teased this one um, in the last show. And, and that is the Stone Cold Crazy song. Okay. It was originally done by Queen. Um, I believe you said 1974. And then it was covered by Metallica. I think, and I don't want to say that the Metallica one was horrible, because it's not horrible. But it does not stand up to the original Queen version of the song. I'm very hard-pressed to find someone who can do music and to um, write lyrics in the way that Freddie Mercury and Brian May did it. And the only thing that Metallica really did with this song was speed it up. And to me, that does not make a successful cover. To me, that just makes a thrash version of an already very rocking, hard-pumping song. Okay, I can buy that. Um, However, the way that I look at it as well, too, is, I mean, if you change not so much, this isn't a genre change, you're exactly right, they just thrashified it, if that's even a word. (laughs) It is now, you just said it. There it is. It it thrashified the song, and it kind of brought it more to a mainstream, to a new audience. Some like such as myself, I mean, I knew that it was out there. Um, The first time I heard the Queen one was in, actually, an Encino Man. Okay, yep, yep. And then, of course, Metallica, they played the version on the radio all the time because Metallica is now very radio-friendly. And When did that happen? <sighs> I mean, I know you're right, but when when did Metallica come from being that underground kind of everybody listens to them but you don't hear them on the radio to they're all over? I would say when the Black Album came up. Okay. Because Enter Sandman was played like hell on the radio. Yeah, it was. And I enjoyed the song. As was um, Unforgiven. Yes. Those two songs themselves brought it to be more media-friendly, and I think that's kind of where they said that Metallica sold out. Which, you know what? Fine, sell out, but it's still good music. Uh, Yeah, I'm not saying it's not. It's just, 
you're right. They did make that switch from being that underground thrash band to being a radio-friendly band. Right. All right. Um, now, I know you think the Metallica version, you like it better. Right. But, but that's uh, not taking away from the Queen version, which is still very good. I just right. think the edge goes, whereas you feel the other way. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So, what do you got first on your list? I'm going to start it off with the biggest pile of crap I could find. Okay. And that was You Shook Me All Night Long by Celine Dion and Fantasia. <laughs> They played it live in 2002 with the original done by the Australian Maniacs, ACDC, back in 1980 off of, I want to say, the Back in Black album, probably one of the best albums ever. And, oh my God, that old Canadian lady doing air guitar was terrifying to watch, for starters. You know, it just seemed like it was very half-assed. You know, I'm going to kind of touch on Queen for a second. Queen is very hard to cover and be successful for. Personally, I think ACDC is the same way. Unless you have the voice for it and are going to commit to it, it's not going to be successful. Celine Dunn doesn't really have the voice for it, and she kind of phoned in her performance. I thought it sounded horrible. I'm very biased, but it just, I hated it. Right, And, and and I... Agree with you. I did not know that she had covered it until we were working on this episode. And you're like, sorry for inflicting that. And you're like, look at this shit. And I'm like, oh, that is a steaming pile of dog. You know, and it's just. And dogs are pissed now that you mentioned them in that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. It is not a successful cover. The fact that Celine Dion. Now, granted, in the music she normally does, I give her props. She has got chops. That girl can sing. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. But trying to cover ACDC would be like me trying to cover GNR. Queensryche. Oh, Queensryche wouldn't be bad because they don't have a lot of high notes. Let's say you try to do Guns N' Roses. Oh, God, yeah. No, that would kill me. Mm, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. That cover does not stand the test of time. All right, so the next one I have, and I got a feeling we might disagree on this one. The song is uh, The Sound of Silence, originally done by Simon and Garfunkel. Right. And then it was redone by Disturbed. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I really enjoy the Disturbed cover of it, but it loses something compared to the original. The original was very folksy, which Simon and Garfunkel, that's what they did. Wrote the book on it. Right. And it tells a story, you know, and it tells a story that has been interpreted many different ways. Sure. But it's a song that invokes uh, emotion. It invokes... The feels. Yeah, the feels. And when Disturbed did it, you kind of lose that. They they did a good job of covering it, but like a lot of things that heavy metal bands do softly mm-hmm. or do, you know, in the original style, it feels kind of phoned in. But so that that's my thought on that. Um, are you familiar with these songs? Um, I'm very familiar with the original. I want to say it's uh, from The Graduate, if I recall. I think it was in that movie, yeah. Um, and it was kind of the end scene where uh, Hoffman and whatever the lady's name is, is riding away. And it's it's very indicative of like the time. It, it sounds very 60s or 70s-ish when the song came out. And it's good. I, I'll be honest, I haven't heard the cover. I don't know how you can make a rock version of that. I really don't. And make it be successful because it is such a folksy, soft just singer-songwriter type music song. Right. So I might end up agreeing with you because it just doesn't sound like it would work to me. It And, and I think that's the problem is it really doesn't work because they're trying to make it a rock song. And like you said, singer-songwriter kind of stuff. Simon and Garfunkel wrote the book on that. And to try to do any of their music in a rock genre, I think you just kind of, it doesn't work. Unlike what we discussed last time with um, Dylan and Hendrix, which it did work. Yes. 
And, and it's not that it'll never work. It's, it's just that the usually, selection has to be there, right? Okay. And 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 the ability, the vocals to do it. And Jimi Hendrix was amazing. If you have, you got to have both parts of it. You can't have one or the other. Right. Like Celine Dion has the chops to sing ACDC, but she doesn't have the ability to rock. To rock. Yeah. All right. Well, and uh, let's see here. What do we got next? All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with one that I actually found earlier today, and I shook my head and basically did a big old WTF on it. You're not. Oh, you are. Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, Baby Got Back. Original song was by Sir Mexalot, and anybody who's ever been to a club or... A high school dance? Or a high school dance, or just likes big butts. Yeah. And can't lie about it. Dig the song. I found that someone by the name of Jonathan Coulton did did a cover of this song. And it went from being a seminal hip-hop song to being a country-fied version of this song. This song is fucking terrible. Yes. It is atrocious. I mean, there is no need for this song to have ever been made and it uh, covered, I should say. And there, there's no redeeming factor to it. I mean, I shook my head and honestly, I laughed because I didn't know what to do. It was I was frozen from stopping the YouTube video. Right. And, and it was kind of funny because when you started playing it and I said, I had no idea who this guy was. I said, how white is this guy? And the answer is very. Pale. Pale. (laughs) Almost clear. And I'm not doing that to be racially charged or anything, but there's just certain music that if you don't if you don't have the voice for it, and he didn't have the voice for it, and you don't have the experiences of life behind it, and I would say it's from just looking at the guy, he doesn't have those experiences of life behind it. It is a pile of dog shit. You know, and here's my thing, too, is that, as I mentioned before, changing the genre from one to the other sometimes works for it. Changing it like uh, changing from R&B to a rock song or, you know, changing from folksy to rock or from rock to folksy, depending on how you do it, can work. Changing from hip-hop to a straight-up country song? Fail. Epic, epic, horrible, terrible fail. Yes. Um, let's see here. What do I want to go to next? All right. Song Light My Fire by The Doors. Familiar with it? Everybody's familiar with it. I am. All right. It was there was a cover done by Jose Feliciano. I saw that on the list. I didn't listen to it because I was scared. And you should have been. <laughs> so the doors did it in that very sixty psychedelic rock style. Like your organ harpsichord. Yep. Yeah, the harpsichord, the organ, you know, the the whole thing. They had it going on. Jose Feliciano did it as a acoustic guitar version. Which doesn't rule it out to begin with. But... No, but he almost made it sound. It almost had a Mexican flair to it. He added this, this like a salsa e type. Yeah, almost, and it just didn't work. And it's just—it's it, one of those things where I listened to it and I cringed. And and normally, uh, you know, when I was putting this together, because it's a lot of music to listen to. Obviously, I didn't listen to all the songs all the way through. I gave this one some time. I listened through a good half of the song, hoping that there was something redeeming there. And there just wasn't. No. So there you go. That that's my re that's 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 the bad cover on that one. Okay. Well let's see here. We're gonna go with another pretty terrible country, uh terrible one. I found uh, Baby One More Time. The Britney Spears song was done by a country artist by the name of Travis. He thinks he's cool enough to go by a single name. Oh, he's a one-namer. He is a one-namer. Is he like Madonna? Uh, doesn't quite look like her, but then again, she's looking kind of haggard, so... Is he as good as Prince? Really? I'm going for one-namers here. Well, no. No, not even close. <laughs> but, and that's... and as a, I'm even saying that as a non-Prince fan. I know, and that's why I threw the name out there. All right. Baby One More Time by Britney was 
I mean, it was infectious. It was a kind of a perfect pop song, if you think about it. I mean, the, the video was out there. It was, you know, teenagers dancing, I guess, or whatever, set in a school with the pigtails, everything else. I mean, it was just, it was kind of a perfect radio song. Um, had good pop, it had good beat, you could play it and not feel embarrassed to listen to it. Well, here's my question, and I don't know why this brings me to this. Well, it's Britney, but was this before or after she went insane? Well before. Okay. Because I think Baby One More Time was one of the top singles. like her Oh, first... from the original? Yeah, that was okay. like one of her first singles out. When she was hot and not crazy. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, crazy and, and um, hot sometimes go together. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, Travis did it in a country acoustic style and it just didn't work it slowed it down a bit and granted if you take the words of baby one more time and really listen to them it could be made into a country song if it's done right Mm -hmm. this was not done right it was unique but at the same time it was like it was neutered that's that's the easiest way i can think to put it it was just neutered it was kind of boring and it's like uh, okay you know did apparently you don't have anything your own to sing about so let's just take a song and try to make it country Right. Okay. Fair enough. Let's see. Let's jump. All right. So I did this song on good covers as well, and I'm going to do it again on bad covers. But oh, I think for, I know where you're going with this. But for a different artist. So the original song was Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. And as I talked about the first time, the Stones version, though good, kind of grinds for me at times. Well, it was redone by Jane's Addiction. Okay. You know, there I, I can think of one James Addiction song off the top of my head that I've enjoyed. And that's been, it was Ben Caught Stealing. Yep. Other than that, I'm not a big James Addiction fan. But I, I could, thought, you I know. I couldn't name any other there's unless I tried, unless I looked it up. So. Right, right. And so I'm like, you know, let's give it a shot. You know, and, and, I, and I flip it on and I'm listening to it and it's horrible. I mean, James Addiction is kind of a post-punk kind of i don't even know what you would consider them but it's like half punk half alternative maybe yeah, yeah it's just it's, it's a very odd distinction of the way they sing to begin with and then secondly the lead singer not very good in general and um they just they killed this song though i mean i just don't know where to go with it i mean you listen to portions of it too yeah you, you tortured me with that and, and thank you for that asshole <laughs> and you know just thinking about it it's torture. It, it hurts my brain to think about it. it. It's it it bothers me that I wasted like the few good years of hearing that I have left on that crap. This is what I would say. Normally I would say, you know, go out and check these bad covers because some of them are worth a laugh. Some of them are, you know, cringeworthy. But this one, I don't even recommend you go listen to. Just ignore it. Forget that it exists. If you want to listen to a cover of Sympathy for the Devil, go listen to the Guns N' Roses cover. Of course, after you listen to the Stones one. Yeah, listen to the original one, because it has its high points, too. So, what do you got? All right, well, you know what? I'm going to go with a Guns cover. Not one that they did, but one that was done of their song. Okay. And I know you're probably going to disagree with me on this one, but Cheryl Crow, for the soundtrack of Big Daddy, the Adam Sandler pile, did did this song, Sweet Child of Mine, in 99. The original song, of course, put out on Appetite for Destruction in 88. It's not the worst cover ever. It's really hard sometimes to go from a power ballad to an acoustic arrangement. I get that they wanted to have like a softer version because it was Big Daddy. He was trying to be, you know, just because of the plot of the movie. Right. It works for the movie. However, it just seemed like an unnecessary cash grab, in my opinion. It just didn't really work for me. It's not the word, like I said before, I mean, nothing against Cheryl Crow. I like her music. I just didn't really care for this cover. 
And, you know, I agree with you on that, actually. I like the Shell Crow cover for what it's for. For the movie, it makes sense. Right. But as a cover of Sweet Child of Mine, no. Guns N' Roses, I've, I've heard several covers of Sweet Child of Mine because they're out there. Mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses, it's hard to top that song. That is a power ballad on an entirely different level, even for the guys in Guns N' Roses. Yeah. It was something that they wrote and they did, and it came out, I'm guessing it came out better than they thought it would. I, I think Axel wrote that one, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, about like a girlfriend or ex or something um, like that. Aaron Isley, actually. Okay. As a Guns fan, I figured you didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, no, not Aaron Isley. Uh, uh, yeah, Aaron Isley. I believe that's right. No, Aaron Everly from the Everly Brothers, daughter of one of the Everly Brothers. Oh, okay. Because uh, I kept saying the Isley Brothers, but the Isleys are black and she's white, so that doesn't work out that way. Not uncommon. Not not impossible. Not impossible, but not very uncommon. uncommon. Right. And, yeah, so he wrote that about her, but... Um, I agree with you on that one, actually. Up next, this this will make you happy. Now, the song is Dancing Barefoot by Pat, by the Patti Smith Group. Okay? okay? It was done in the 70s, I want to say. It's a song that, uh, it sounds like it should be a fun-loving song, but it's really not. It's about a girl on a beach, and she's having issues, let's say. Okay. Okay? It was redone by U2. Oh, God. I know you're not a U2 fan. I like a few of their songs, but I would not go to a concert unless they paid me for it. <laughs> now, I happen to like you 2 I can't stand Bono when he's not singing because he's a preachy little bitch. But other than that, I, I tend to like you 2 But the cover they did was, I don't know, I guess the best way to put it is saying it was fucked up. Okay. It just, it was really weird and it didn't even, it didn't even play as the same song. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You've seen those covers where you're like, this isn't the same song. And it's not because of a genre change, and it's not because of a tempo change, because they did it at the same tempo that Patti Smith did it. Sure. It's just, I don't know what they did to it, but you didn't even recognize it as the same song. <laughs> where they changed the song enough that the only thing that's the same is the title? No, the words. Well, okay. But they just, I don't know what they did to it. It's just, the, even the way he delivered it, you know, she delivered it, you know, this is the sentence. And he would take his standard, you know, Bono pauses and just killed it, in my opinion. So that's to me, is not a good cover. Okay. All right. Well, let's see here. And this next one um, actually was a cover done by pretty much the king douchebags of hip-hop rock, Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Argue with me, if you will. No, no, I'm not a, I'm not a Biscuit fan. Too they, many carbs. <laughs> they did a, a cover of George Michael's Faith. Oh, yes, you tortured me with this one. Yeah, uh, that was in 98, George Michael, uh, God rest his soul. Yep, he um, passed away last year, too. And he did that in 87, which everybody remembers that video. I mean, that was kind of the, what, about six years after MTV came out, because that was in 81, if I remember correctly. Something like that, yeah. And, I mean, it was him in the jeans and the, like, the sepia tone kind of black and white with the jacket. And, and the guitar. And, and the jukebox. Yep. I mean, that's pretty much... The outline of the video. Faith in itself is a good song. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good radio-friendly song. It's not dirty or anything. George George Michael in general, back, uh, especially in the Wham! days, yep. I really enjoyed his stuff. It was bouncy. It was just fun. Yeah, it would be what I would classify as bubblegum rock. Yeah. Or bubblegum pop, whatever sure. you want to call it. And then Biscuit came along. <sighs> and Fred Durst took his normal stance with it, which it started off... Actually, almost, I, I had high hopes for it when I first heard it, because the first comes off, the first part of the song is almost spoken, if okay. you recall, but then when he starts in with, I gotta get faith, Fred Durst decides to roar and growl into the microphone to the point where it's all you hear is distortion. 
Yeah, and, it's 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 what my daughters would now call screamo. Okay, yeah. You know, and it's like when you talk about like the super hardcore like rock and roll. I'm not a big fan. I like metal, but I hate metal where you can't understand it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and really, this one, um, my even my notes are even on this one here that George Michael must have really been hurting for money when he allowed these ass clowns to cover his song. <laughs> because I can't think of another reason why the hell you would let these guys do this song. No, I I agree. Let's see. Next, let's hit. All right. So uh, the song Higher Ground, originally done by Stevie Wonder. Oh, you know, I'm to- I'm going to disagree before you even say what you have to say, but go on. Covered by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. Now, I'm a Peppers fan. I, I enjoy their work. I enjoy, because they're, they're kind of heavy metal. They're kind of thrashy. They're kind of a little bit of everything. A little bit of punk in there, too. Yeah, and I, and I, and I like the, the feel of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I have to say that Stevie Wonder killed this song, and the Peppers didn't. Killed it in a different way? Yeah, okay, I'll go with that. They killed it in the bad way. Uh, you know, Stevie Wonder, he's got that very soulful, very um, R&B kind of uh, a flavor to his vocals. Mm-hmm. He had he's, like kind of a guitar wah to it, kind of like almost porn guitar, but not really. Yeah, kind of. And the Peppers, they just made it a thrash song, in, in my estimation. Or they tried to. It didn't really work, in my estimation. So now you said you're going to probably agree with, disagree with me. So are you going to disagree with I'm me? I'm absolutely going to disagree. I thought that was actually one of my favorite covers. I mean, it, um, Stevie Wonder is a funk master. I mean, funk and R&B, he is towards the top. Um, okay. The R&B song was great. I, I dig Stevie Wonder. I think it was a great song. When the Chili's took it, I think they just added a lot of high voltage to it. And yes, they did thrashify it. <laughs> I'm going to keep using that. Hey, might as well. You um, made up the word. Hey, now if other people start using it, you should uh, trademark, trademark that it. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's they thrashified it. And honestly, I think by adding the whole band singing, like when they're singing the chorus or whatever, having, what is it, all four of the yeah. members singing it, I liked it. I thought it was actually a really I thought it was success, successful cover. So I mean, this is one I I disagree with you. And, and that's fair because we're gonna disagree. We both have our musical opinions, and though yours is wrong, you know we have the right to disagree. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, yeah, we're kind of getting to that point. Let's do one more each, and and we'll call this one. All right. Well, and uh, let's see. Oh, how bad do I want to end this? Give us the worst one you got. Okay. We're gonna do the worst one that I've got here was. American Pie by Madonna. Don McLean did this song in 1971, and it's a folksy song that just, it tells a story. I mean, everybody knows the words to this song. Yep. Uh, sober, drunk, doesn't matter. If this comes on, you're singing along. More so if you're drinking, of course. Well, yeah, because then you don't have to worry about being embarrassed because you're drunk. Right. Madonna, on the other hand, kept it sort of folksy, but she made it more of a dance club song that you would listen to like at a rave or, or dance club. And I'm just like, you know what? No, it, it's just not, it does not work to me. It does not work at all. It just takes any soul or any feels that the song had and just edits it out. It whitewashes it and makes it just a crappy Madonna. Okay, yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I had the same feeling. I'm like, now, Madonna, Blonde Ambition, Madonna. You know, uh, Madonna, in her Blonde Ambition years, oh my God. Every time I saw that woman, you know, it was like, when I think about you, I touch myself, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But every boy in the 80s thought Madonna was hot as shit. Yeah. And honestly, now she's uglier than fuck. No, she, now she's a hot piling pile of shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have to agree. Not a good cover. I, I like to give Madonna cred where I can because I like a lot of her early stuff. 
And you'll hear me say that a lot because bands or people, they just, they can't be good forever. And there's very few bands out there that were good forever. But uh, yeah, so I got to agree with you. Not a good one. So to wrap this up, I'm going to do one here that will make you very happy. We'll see about that. The song is Jump by Van Halen. Oh. All right. It was covered by a gentleman who calls himself Aztec Camera. I don't know if it calls himself or it's a band. I really don't know. I hated this song so much done by him that I'm never going to take the time to find out, honestly. But he took Jump, which is this very high-energy rock anthem, almost, and made it into some acoustic guitar, want want to go out, find a gun, and shoot myself, um, sad ballad. I mean, it was it was bad, and I just... And it's the worst one I probably have on my list. And I've got some pretty bad ones here so that when we come back to covers again at some future date, we'll have these. But I just, it was just horrible. Now, I did torture you with about 30 seconds of it. Which I did actually find before you heard me. Because I I found a list of covers in some lists, which I wonder what they were on when they wrote these lists. That it was under one of the, it was quirky but good. I'm like, no, it sucked balls. It was terrible. And the guy just sounded bored. It was like a lazy, it was a lazy cover. Yeah. That's the easiest thing I can think, the easiest way I can put it, it was lazy. Yeah. It's just like, you know what, I'm just going to sing song, kind of talk this song, and we'll just see if it works. Okay. Yeah. It'd be like, it's like Mr. Garrison covering something. It's just. (laughs) That would be awesome, though, I think. That would be pretty funny, actually. All right, so uh, that's the end of this episode. Our next episode that we're going to do, we're going to talk something that comes around with music quite a bit. Drinking songs or songs about alcohol. Oh, yeah. I think uh, that can be a lot of fun, and I think that it will cover many different genres. It's not just going to be rock. It's not just going to be um, country. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a couple that come to mind right away, but you'll have to tune in next time to hear what is coming in my mind. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Later.